Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for October the 12th, 2016. Coming to you not from the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center, where uh, we usually are. Instead, we're coming from my home. So welcome in. I'm Jake Marsing. No Ryan Green today. We hope to get him back at the end of the week as he's busy with some CBS producing work. Very uh, happy for Ryan to have that opportunity. But in the meantime, it's just you and me once again. And I'm not at the UC Health Training Center today because, quite frankly, no one is at the UC Health Training Center today. The Denver Broncos flew out just a little while ago to San Diego, California for tomorrow night's Thursday night football matchup with the San Diego Superchargers at Qualcomm Stadium. And that's what you and I are going to be talking about today. We're not going to be going over Gary Kubiak. We're not going to be going over Trevor Simeon. All those things are in previous episodes of the show from Monday and Tuesday. Go back, listen to those, take a look, see what you think. There's stories up on the site on the Simeon situation as well. Uh, stories on the Kubiak situation as well. So go take a look at those at 5280sportsnetwork.com. This game really is all about breaking down the San Diego Superchargers and this matchup with the Broncos. So let's go ahead and start there. The Denver Broncos come into this game 4-1. San Diego Chargers are 1-4 and, and, of course, are led by Phillip Rivers, a great quarterback, not necessarily the quarterback he was a few years ago, and he's had a hard time winning in the last several seasons, mostly because the talent around him has suffered. The big story with the Chargers this season, though, hasn't been Rivers as much as it's been failure to execute in the second half of games and injuries. Of course, early in the season, it might have even been in the preseason when they lost stud wide receiver Keenan Allen, for the year. They've had some other injuries come up as well. Philip Rivers spoke to the Denver media yesterday, and the thing that he stressed over and over again really was just how he's been able to spread the ball around to other receivers in the absence of Keenan Allen. And the offensive statistics have really shown that Rivers is right. He's done a nice job spreading the ball around. The Chargers right now rank fourth in the NFL in yards per play and fourth in total passing offense, putting up an average of 282 passing yards, uh, excuse me, 282.8 passing yards on the season thus far. Certainly uh, the kind of numbers that you would expect out of a Phillip Rivers-led offense, a guy who's been doing it for a very, very long time. Just some other baseline stats before we really get into the X's and O's on this game. Rushing yards-wise, the Chargers are led uh, Woodhead, obviously, Danny Woodhead was the uh, was kind of their, their secret weapon in the backfield. He's going to be out for the rest of the season, obviously, with a torn ACL, thus leaving them with Melvin Gordon as their leading rusher. 299 yards rushing he's put up so far this season. Ekes out C.J. Anderson, who's put up 200 
and 93 yards on the season thus far. So replacing uh, replacing Keenan Allen was really the, the, the task that the Chargers had to come up with early in the season. And they've spread it really three ways. We talked about how successful they've been as a team. The three guys that have really picked up the slack for the Chargers in the passing, uh, in the pass offense department, in the receiving department, are Kelvin Benjamin uh, and Hunter Henry. Those are the two guys that I would look at first and foremost. Benjamin, the receiver, and then Hunter Henry, the tight end. Uh, Benjamin, thus far this year, has 394 yards receiving. Henry has 227 yards receiving. They've had two very successful years thus far, and it's helped Phillip Rivers a lot. He's not necessarily the quarterback he once was, which was a guy who was going to look for his first read, really trust his first read, let the offense flow through that guy. Rivers has been able to really utilize all the different weapons that he has in the passing game, and frankly, I think it's helped him quite a bit in terms of being able to grow and develop this offense. Now, obviously, all of his ability to, to, to translate the passing game and to spread the ball around and to have success moving the football hasn't necessarily contributed to wins. The Chargers have lost 16 of their last 21 games and 11, this is, this is just a crazy stat, 11 consecutive losses in the AFC West. That is a crazy number, and it's something that the Chargers are obviously going to look to try and correct. On the flip side of that, you have a Denver Bronco team that has won 15 consecutive games, uh, road games in the AFC West. So a team who's lost their last 11 overall in the AFC West, and a Broncos team who's won their last 15 road games in the AFC West, and has had pretty uh, a pretty successful track record at home against division opponents as well losing only uh, to the Raiders and the Chargers since uh, the Tebow era. Uh, certainly a successful, uh, excuse me, since the Manning era began. That was the one loss in Kansas City under the Tebow era that, that first year, the last game of 2011. But the Broncos have had a lot of success, and, and part of the Chargers' issues this season have been, like we've talked about over and over again with Ryan and I, fourth quarter deficits and losing leads in the fourth quarter. That's really been the issue that they've had. The Chargers have lost so many games in the fourth quarter this season, and Philip Rivers talked about it yesterday. He said, we were up in this game, we were up in this game, we were up in this game, and we just haven't found a way to put it together and to win. That's really going to be the test. I think this has been such a weird week for the Broncos that things don't necessarily look right. I am cautious about this game if I'm a Broncos fan. You have a Kubiak situation, you have Trevor Simeon, finally coming back from the shoulder injury. Uh, well, not finally. It's only been a week, but we didn't know that he was going to miss a game at all. Uh, he said he could play after he got hurt in Tampa Bay. But the, the, the thing for me that is really going to be interesting to watch is can the Broncos establish a lead early, and can they hold on to a lead? Can, or can the Chargers jump out, and can they hold on to a lead? This is going to be a contest between two teams who know each other extremely well and should have no problem being able to dissect offenses, dissect defenses, and try and move the ball on each other. So let's look, I think, at, at two really critical matchups. First one's going to be the Broncos' offensive line and Joey Bosa. Bosa made a really big impression last Sunday, his first regular season game. He sacked Derek Carr twice, racked up five total tackles in that game, and he wasn't even starting. I mean, he could create problems for this Broncos' offensive line, 
where like we talked about on Monday, Ty Sambrilo, Michael Schofield on the right side have had uh, their share of problems. The good news for Broncos fans, Virgil Green, Donald Stevenson, both look like they're going to be ready to play against the Chargers on Thursday night. Stevenson talked to him in the locker room. He said he was feeling much better. Same with Virgil Green, spoke with him in the locker room. He said he was feeling much better. They have both participated in practice fully and totally this week and should be ready to go on Thursday night. If those two can play, then they should be able to limit Bosa's effectiveness as well as the effectiveness of the entire San Diego pass rush and front seven, which isn't very good to begin with. But if they can't, if they can't, it's just going to continue a trend, right? It's going to continue a trend for this Broncos offensive line that's given up 10 sacks in the past two weeks, including six against the Atlanta Falcons last Sunday. That's six sacks that the Broncos gave up. Now, most of those, like I said earlier, came from Sam Brilo and Schofield. But this is not a trend that the Broncos are going to want to continue. On the flip side, we talk about the, the, the Chargers' great pass rusher in Joey Bosa. The thing for the Broncos, obviously, is their stud pass rush. Vaughn Miller and Shane Ray coming off the edge against a banged-up San Diego Chargers offensive line that includes our old friend Orlando Franklin. Uh, King Dunlap, Joe Barksdale are the, are the two tackles for the Chargers over there. And in 10 career games against Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, Vaughn Miller's had 11 sacks. That's a crazy number. More sacks than games played is always something you see out of really good pass rushers. He's got six and a half sacks so far this season, 12 sacks in the past nine games, and 18 and a half sacks in the past 15 games. Vaughn Miller is on an absolute tear, and I have seen him have a lot of success just on tape today and yesterday breaking down this Chargers game against these Chargers tackles, Barksdale especially, who he will go up against more often than not. Uh, Vaughn Miller is a mismatch for just about everybody in the NFL because of his speed, but also because of his strength. I mentioned yesterday, again, just his ability to create leverage for himself, to get his helmet level right, and to be able to push the pocket both around the edge and up the middle. Vaughn Miller can rush against any any right tackle, any left tackle, any guard, any center in the NFL, and that is a mismatch. There is not one offensive lineman in football who is better than Vaughn Miller is as a pass rusher. It's just not the case. So every single team has to treat him a little bit differently. They will have to chip him. They will have to try and double-team him. They are going to try and do a lot of different things to stop Vaughn Miller in this game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be successful. The Broncos have shown over and over again that they're willing to move Miller around to create opportunities for him. And if they do that again in this game, he should be successful. And even if they don't, again, that Barksdale matchup is really a good one uh, for the Broncos, in my opinion. On the flip side, Shane Ray's done an excellent job stepping in uh, stepping in for DeMarcus Ware, who, by the way, I saw in the, in the locker room yesterday, Channel 7's Troy and Rank talked with him. Uh, DeMarcus says he might be ready to go potentially next Monday night against the Houston Texans, depending on a medical evaluation he gets on Monday. We will see. We'll obviously keep you updated on DeMarcus' status, but even if DeMarcus can't go, Shane Ray has done his job. There is no doubt about that. And what is Shane Ray's job exactly? I would argue that Shane Ray's job is to back clean up for Von Miller. 
The baseball playoffs are on right now. Cubbies, congratulations to them. Moving on to the NLCS for the second time in two years. But you have cleanup hitters in baseball. Shane Ray is Vaughn Miller's hit-up cleaner. And he has done really an excellent job. And what I mean by that is a lot of the sacks that Shane Ray has had, the success that he's had, the four sacks that he's put up this year, really are a result of Vaughn Miller. Because teams pay so much attention to Miller that it creates opportunities for Ray on the opposite side. And quarterbacks also are so aware of Miller's ability that they'll often move to the right, to the left side of the offensive line. They'll shift in the pocket away from Miller to try and get as far away from him as they can. I've even seen some guys do it a little bit on their drop. Instead of dropping straight back, they drop a little bit towards the left side since Miller's almost always rushing from the right uh, off right tackle. So Ray has been there. When Miller is able to come up, push the pocket, Shane Ray is right there basically to catch the quarterback, and that's where a lot of those sacks have come from. The Chargers have allowed one sack every 16.7 pass plays this season. That puts them right at about the league average. But we know, you know, I know that Von Miller is far, far from an average outside linebacker. I think for my money, especially with J.J. Watt out this season, uh, Von Miller's the best guy playing right now on the defensive end. Some other little fun facts here that I can go down in this ball game. Aqib Tlaib has had three interceptions in four games thus far. He's got uh, one pick six, nine career interceptions tied for fourth in NFL history. That stat courtesy of UPI, their game preview uh, that I'm that I'm kind of previewing here a little bit. The thing about this game to me that 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 really is the hard thing to pick, and the thing that I said on Fox Sports AM thirteen forty in Farmington, New Mexico this morning. I did my weekly radio hit there. The thing that I, I mentioned to, to Steve Bordstein, their host, is that it, it feels to me, just in the building and in the locker room, like something's not right. It, it's just, it's a little weird this week. And part of that, I'm sure, is missing Gary Kubiak, Joe DiCamillis being asked to step up into the interim head coach role. Part of it is the fact that Trevor Simeon is working his way back but isn't fully back. He's getting treatment still, missing some of the meetings that he's in on the offensive side. He he should play on Thursday. I expect him to play, but no one can be sure how effective he's going to be. There are just so many things about this game that make me feel uneasy as an observer of this Broncos team. They are the more talented team than the Chargers. I have zero doubt about that. But Thursday Night Football is a weird thing, and it produces weird outcomes. And I've seen that this week. The Broncos flew out. Here's here's basically how the schedule works this week that's different from how it works every other week. Usually Wednesday is the, the first kind of big media day. Usually Wednesday is the day where Gary Kubiak speaks, Trevor Simeon speaks. Uh, they do an open locker room sex session. And that's about it. And then on Thursday, Von Miller speaks, uh, the coordinator speak, open locker room. And then they have another day on Friday before a game. You're losing, realistically, your three most important days of preparation because you're having to not only uh, prepare for this team, but having to travel as well, which puts you at an even greater disadvantage than you already are being on the short week. Thursday night football is bad for the NFL. It's a bad product. It's gimmicky. The fact that they're doing the color rush uniforms make it even more gimmicky. 
but that's where we're at. And these Broncos know that they have to come in ready to play. They have to be well-rested. That's been the goal, to preserve their bodies, get their treatment, and be ready to play a game again against, thankfully, a, a pretty familiar opponent in the San Diego Chargers. So, bottom line on this game for me. The Broncos on paper are the better team, but the intangibles, every single intangible tells me that the San Diego Chargers are going to find a way to win. They've lost so many close games this season, and if there was going to be a week where the Broncos slipped up a little bit, it would be this one. I I just can't see them going into San Diego, which is a team that they have said even is much better than their 1-4 record indicates, without their head coach, with questions at quarterback, with a just-finally-getting-healthy offensive line, slumping offensive production, slumping defensive production, and finding a way to beat Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. Rivers always, always, always gets up to play the Broncos. He brings his best against divisional opponents, the Broncos, especially, especially in Denver. Uh, I can't, the, the X's and O's guy in me says the Broncos should win this game, but the analyst in me sees the other signs and says that it's going to go the other way. So I am going to pick the San Diego Chargers to win this ball game by a score of 26 to 23. Maybe there's a pick six in there, kind of a, a weird sloppy game, a typical Thursday night football game that the Broncos just can't quite find a way to win. Part of me, too, thinks that there might be some guys in that locker room who are looking ahead to Monday Night Football next week against Brock Osweiler and the Houston Texans. I think that game might already be creeping into the minds of some players. But we will see. We'll see if I'm wrong. For the sake of the Broncos, I hope I am. But my pick in Chargers Broncos is 23 to 26, uh, San Diego gets the win at home as they try and save Mike McCoy's job. And really, ultimately, we haven't talked much about this, but ultimately try and save uh, the San Diego Chargers in San Diego as an organization. So 23-26 is my score. That'll do it for us today here on the Broncos Blitz. I'm Jake Marsing, 5280 Sports Network. Give us a follow on Twitter at 5280 Sportsnet. Give me a fo- give me a follow on Twitter at Jake D. Marsing. Like us on Facebook too. Just search 5280 Sports Network. All our content, all of our podcasts, all of our videos get posted up there as well as uh, MileHighSports.com for the videos and the podcast. Nate and Sean's Morning Minutes go up there. No Bull Just Buffs, the Snakes Takes podcast on iTunes. We are rocking it at 5280 Sports Network in terms of content. Check all of it out on the website, and until I talk to you next time, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.